0: Malago Hospital sits on a hill above uganda's capital city, Kampala, in an open ward. An elderly woman named Joyce lies in the fifth bed on the left she's twisted the sheets around herself, her face contorted by pain joyce's husband, thin and bird-like, hovers over her Joyce has cancer it spread throughout her body, and until a few days ago she was on morphine. Then it ran out. Joy speaks to a nurse who translates. And she's consistently had pain, and she describes the pain to be deep, kind of, into her bones. The Ugandan government makes and distributes its own morphine for use in hospitals. But poor management means the supply is erratic. Leslie Henson is a British pain specialist on duty at Malago Hospital. We're in a very difficult situation with patients who've been established and well-controlled on morphine and running out and not having access to that medication now. In many ways, morphine is an excellent drug for use in developing countries. It's cheap, effective and simple and easy to administer by mouth. Yet according to the World Health Organization, every year more than 5 million people with cancer die in pain without access to morphine. The fact that what stands between them and the relief of that pain is a drug that costs $2 um, a week, I think is just really unconscionable. Meg O'Brien heads a nonprofit that advocates greater access to morphine. It's called the Global Access to Pain Relief Initiative. She says in well-off countries like the United States, there's enough morphine to treat 100% of the people in pain. And in low-income countries, it's just 8%. In many low- and middle-income countries, 150 by some counts, morphine is all but impossible to get. Sometimes it's because governments don't provide it, or they strictly limit it because of concerns it will be diverted to produce heroin. And many doctors are reluctant to prescribe it, fearing their patients will become addicted, something that studies have shown rarely happens. 3,000 miles from Uganda, in India, whether you can get morphine depends largely on where you're treated. Dr. Marianne Mukadden is head of pain relief at a modern and well-equipped hospital called Tata Memorial in Mumbai. She says she has no problems getting morphine. We have all the medicines which is necessary. We never run out. But in other parts of the country, it's a different story. Mukadden estimates only 1 to 2 percent of Indians with cancer pain get morphine. 28 year old Dinesh Kumar Yadav has traveled 30 hours by bus to pick up morphine for his wife. Say, sir, jane, that he th- says she's th- bedridden th- with th- pain th- but can't get morphine th- in the North th- Indian th- state where they live. Th- Dr. McCadden says part of the problem is a stifling bureaucracy. Many physicians in the North don't want to go through the rigorous licensing to store morphine. They Now, there is a place where there are no barriers to morphine. But even here, at the Sipla Palliative Care Center in the Indian city of Pune, there are challenges. You don't see the challenges when you walk through the cool courtyard gardens with fountains and manicured walkways. Or in the beautiful whitewashed buildings with large, airy wards, each named for a flower. This is heaven on earth, actually. Actually, heaven on earth. Heaven on earth, says Asha Dixit. Her mother came here last year in the last stages of breast cancer. She was in agony. Her shoulder had dislocated. It could not be fixed back. She had pain in the back. And sometimes there were hallucinations. And she died peacefully on morphine. I was sitting next to her. She said, Ashu meets She said, Ashu, I'm leaving now. Every patient here has cancer. The care is free, supported by Indian generic drug manufacturer CIPLA, which supplies the morphine and pays all the other expenses. But even with all the center offers, the occupancy rate runs at only about 60%. One big reason, says Director Priya Kolkarni, is a result of patients' own concerns about morphine. They often think morphine equals death and recoil when doctors suggest it. And she says many local oncologists don't want to send patients here for that reason. They don't want to give up on them when it comes to giving them hope. And saying them something like I'm going to refer to a palliative specialist is indirectly saying them that there is nothing more I can do for you. But despite all the obstacles to morphine's use in the developing world, Kolcarny and others say things are starting to move in their direction. Overall, in low-income countries, morphine consumption is up tenfold since 1995, according to the International Narcotics Control Board. And several countries where not too many years ago there was no morphine, like Uganda, have at least some today, even if the supply is unreliable. Back at the hospital in Kampala, where the pharmacy ran out of morphine and Joyce, the cancer patient, had to go without, palliative care specialist Leslie Henson found a bit of luck. After leaving her patient, she stepped into an office, glanced at a bookshelf, and saw a forgotten bottle of morphine. It was enough to treat two or three people. Um, But hopefully, we'll go take this to her, see what we can do. She troops back out to the ward, and another doctor administers the morphine. Joyce smiles, her face untwists, and her husband looks ecstatic. I asked Joyce if she's glad to get the morphine. Her husband answers. Very much, indeed. Other people in the hospital will remain in pain. There's not enough morphine to go around. But for the next few hours at least, Joyce will be pain-free. For The World, I'm Joanne Solburner.